Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS Radio in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. And for me, I think we have a fun one today. Daniel, what do you think of when I say bar rescue? Well, it's a program we've been talking about this for maybe two months doing this episode. Just like it's one of those where if we hadn't had anything else to talk about specifically. Yeah. And when we first talked about it, I was like, oh, well, that's like the one where Gordon Ramsay goes in and exactly right and you were like well mm, kind of like <laughs> same kind of premise but uh so I should say that in preparation I didn't want to spoil too much for myself mm-hmm. but I felt like I needed to at least see it yeah so I watched the episode uh with Marshawn Lynch's bar in Oakland uh Rob Benz and uh so that's my only exposure and I know that maybe wasn't like exactly the typical episode. I don't know how many quote unquote celebrity episodes they do. There's a few. They so they always start the episodes with like he pulls up and they're yeah. they're outside the bar and they they show some footage of the bar being run poorly and they talk about how bad the bar is and they all this stuff and then he's always with and then they send in like a recon team. Right. Well, I I I couldn't tell when I was first watching it, like if that was supposed to be live or if that was supposed to be pre-recorded, and they never do, they don't really let you know until like the very moment where he's at least in that episode where yeah. he's like walking in. I was also surprised. <laughs> well, because they also like a lot of the footage they show of it, like like their you know their pre-recon footage right. is like all the people wearing the same clothes, so you're pretty sure it's of the same night, anyways. And yeah. that's common in a lot of the episodes. So for those of us for for people who aren't familiar with the formula, which at this point I'm not sure how you couldn't be at least a little bit familiar with this kind of a thing, but if you're not... Yeah, I don't think you'd tune into this show and have no idea what's going on. You would just be a new version of a show you've probably seen. But give us the <laughs> elevator pitch. What's the, like, 30-second pitch for Bar Rescue? John Taffer knows more about bar science than anybody in America, and he will come to your bar if you were failing and you can't pay your rent and all this stuff, and he'll come in and he'll fix everything up and he'll get you back onto the right track to being a profitable business. There you go. And I was using some of the same kinds of tactics that you see in a lot of these rescue shows where like the tough love thing where he, he comes in he starts shouting right away that's one thing i wanted his motivation tactic is yeah to demean you to the point where you want to change which i think is partly probably just the way he wants to do it but also it creates more compelling drama yeah yeah because the people get so mad at him because usually the people are they people who open a bar and think they can just run a business and know nothing about it probably have a decent ego yeah and that doesn't gel well when somebody comes in and yells at them about how bad they're doing but they usually are doing pretty bad well and it creates a narrative arc then too Mm -hmm. right because if he automatically starts out super confrontationally Mm -hmm. then it gives them a place to go yeah and even though it's supposed to be reality television I looked on Wikipedia. It says genre semi-reality. <laughs> okay, I can I can buy into that. So, uh, what, like, why make a nerd association episode about this? Like, clearly you care about this show and watch it fervently. Yes. Would you say have you seen all of them? Are you like caught up? No, because I haven't had cable in a long time, okay. and it took me a long time to realize that I could use my parents' login to, on the Paramount <laughs> app to check in. So, I've seen. 
probably I was going to say well over 50, but I think it's probably over 100. I mean, there's like 30 episodes a season. Yeah. And I've definitely they used to play it every Sunday. Mm hmm. They would just play a big marathon of it on Spike, which is now Paramount Network. Yeah. And that's something I would just tune in when I was in high school and college and just like re- let it run while I was doing homework or something like that. So, sure. yeah, I've seen I I don't know if it's a majority, but definitely a lot of the episodes. I think it I looked it up. It says there's 210 episodes. So if I've seen over 100, that's getting close to majority. Yeah. Well, and um we talked about this a little bit that, you know, as somebody who's really new to this and like I had kind of a limited window in which to get it, I have YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. So I had to get on there and like what's on demand so I don't have to wait to record it or whatever. Um, so I had access to season six and seven, uh, which I think season seven is like the most recent, I think. And it's still being released. Yeah. And it's I think it's it's slowed down a little bit with sure not being able to make episodes and stuff like that. But, yeah, they're basically in the middle of season seven right now. So. So, so this is one of those things where, like, like why bar of this semi-reality like business rescue genre? Because as we said, like there are other things out there like this. Mm-hmm. What's why this one? I just think it's got the best cast of characters when he goes to all the individual bars and you see he goes all across, he goes all around the country so you see different sects of people everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, the yeah the demographics of it all are so great and I feel like it's also cool because he seems more like Gordon Ramsay is a chef that knows how to run a restaurant, but like uh, John Taffer phrases himself as this, like this is what his like life passion is, the idea of bar science and making bars successful. So there's something about that that I like. Um, I don't know why I like it so much, though. Yeah. There's something about the show that just, uh, I, I just, I don't know, it's not the comfortability of the of the format, because it gets uncomfortable with all the confrontation sure. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I would I would say I would have to be in a in a particular mood to want to watch a lot of that. Yeah. And and maybe I'm just a person who like doesn't always like real that kind of confrontation on I don't know though. I like drama. Maybe that's also what I like about it too is like it's different than other you know shows like this or like this but like it's episodic sure. reality so you're not dealing with the you know keeping up with the kardashians and all these relationships it's just like you settle in you know who these people are at the beginning of the episode and then you just watch their 40 minute arc together yeah so i'm okay i have a an exercise you tell me if this works <laughs> okay i wanted to kind of talk about some of the archetypes of that i saw in the in the one episode i watched yes and so I'm curious if this is if this is the one formula mm-hmm. or if there's like you tell me. So okay. Marshawn Lynch is the wealthy guy mm-hmm. who wants to start a business just for the, like for for the sort of passion reasons. Yes. Okay. So the the guy with like spare money who's running the the bar. Is this I'm assuming that Maybe not every bar owner is exactly the same, but like this is one of those. Yes, there's uh, sometimes there's just a money guy who makes the call to John Taffer. They always say at the beginning of the episode that they've opened the books and they're ready to make a change and they've put in a call to bar rescue. So you're right. Yes, sometimes it's the money guy behind the bar that doesn't really 
involve himself in the day to day, but he ha- obviously has a stake in what goes on there. Sure, and he also I think fulfills the the archetype of the person who started a bar as a passion project mm-hmm. without having any idea of how to run the business. Because in in his episode, he says that he wanted to start a bar and restaurant because like a bar and grill mm-hmm. to honor his friend who yes. was killed in a shooting. And to give his aunts, who have always wanted to run a restaurant, the opportunity to run a restaurant. And then, like, some of his family and some of the family of his friend that was yeah. killed work as the employees of the bar. So, I can I can definitely see where, like, I'm sure there are plenty of episodes where, like, a person employs all of their family, which yeah. is not necessarily a good idea when you're trying to run a business. No. Um, and, of course, the sort of hijinks that come with that. So, that's probably appears fairly frequently. Yeah. So, that's definitely two of the main things is a, a money guy who's not fully involved day to day and hiring family. Sure. The other one is the owners are there day to day and they're doing a terrible job. And usually during those recon missions, he's there with his experts, mm-hmm. the mixologist or the chef or both of them. Gotcha. That's who he's in the car. And he sends in one of the, with the chef with like another guy to do the, the recon. And so presumably in that one, like an employee says, or whatever. Somebody yeah, affiliated with the bar calls John so, Taffer and says, hey. Yeah, the, sometimes it's like the daughter who's concerned yeah. about her dad that's falling into all this debt. Or sometimes it, it is said to be the owners, which always makes it so confusing because they always seem so shocked when he shows up, which is part of the <laughs> semi reality. Because sure. there's obviously our camera crews during the recon time. And right. It, it doesn't, they don't give you the impression in the slightest that, that they they're used, like hidden cams. They used to play it off a little bit more like they were hidden cameras, but now it's clearly just handheld cameras guys walking around so one of the other archetypes that i'm sure is is a frequent is the bartender who's drinking too much or giving too many drinks away or the owner well or the owner but yeah the person who is giving away too many drinks which in this episode is dante Mm -hmm. and you talk about the cameras not like the losing the appearance like he's mean mugging for the camera during the recon (laughs) he's like rapping and like flipping off the camera and like keeps making kind of like faces at it it's very (laughs) that episode specifically he's yeah really going for the cameras and that's part of it you know as you read up on the show i've done some research before and for this episode that like the producers egg people on to do certain things i think they they sort of trick people sometimes by saying like this is just like the background footage right day and, and they don't they I don't think they always know that it's the day that John Taffer's so showing up. They think it's the B roll. Yeah, and in fact, it's and the they're actual. like, oh, I could, I'll just act like I normally do. This is just a camera crew, right? Well, I, I was gonna say I kind of get the impression too. The producers encourage some of this bad behavior because mm-hmm. it seems pretty over the top for them. The results by the end, where it's like, no, we all take it completely seriously. Yeah, and now like, and John Taffer, we I was ready to fight him. <laughs> like in this episode, literally the guy take like pulls his shirt off and is ready to fist fight John Taffer. Yeah, and that's another. Another staple of it is him going really Real. hard at the whoever is the worst misdeeder. Making an example of somebody. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, in this case, like I said, Dante was ready to mm-hmm. clock John Taffer, takes his shirt off, puts it over John Taffer's face. They cut to commercial. Uh, and then by the end, it's like they he, they like make him a uniform. Yeah. He's, you know. And that's it. It does get to like, because I know there's legit security. Sure. So I know that when it gets physical like that, that's when like the that line between reality TV and reality gets broken. And mm-hmm. like some people, even though they know that it's for the show, I think, you know, some people, they're just people still. Yeah. They're not actors. So they, they did make a point of in that sh- in that shot showing the like big bald, like shaved head guy with the earpiece yeah. in who like 
very sternly had his arms folded in that like oh is he gonna hit him and the, then the guy's like what up <laughs> you know uh so i thought that was pretty funny and that's the only time by the way during the episode that any of john's like uh security entourage or whatever mm-hmm. makes an appearance well because he always plays it off like he i mean he is he a, is big a big guy dude, yeah but i mean he's old now so i don't think he wants to get he into a fight take- with some random bartender he's not ready for that anymore all right. So the so the conflict, you know, they kind of show why the business is, you know, or start getting into why the business is failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, John comes in and starts confronting people. It oh, gets ugly. Yeah. I do want to make one more con- uh, comment before we get to after the recon. Yeah. The recon does have staples like that where it's not always a famous person owns the bar. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he'll he'll go in with a famous person and they'll just do like the Marvel like disguise where they just put on a hat and yeah. maybe some sunglasses like there's an episode where he goes in with T-Pain there's an episode there's multiple episodes where he's used some of the barstool sports guys okay because they're kind of chummy with him he yeah. goes on their podcast so he's so they're uh, oh, I can't remember her name right now but who's the anti-vax lady oh Jenny, Jenny McCarthy Mac- yeah he does an episode with her because she's advertising her like it it's some sort of alcohol product and gotcha. so like sometimes there are brand tie-ins like that well i noticed there were a lot of brand tie-ins yes uh, once he really fixes the bar i'm curious before we get past this read the recon phase you said you've done some research on this is this um does the bar owner pay him to come in and do this is this like a service that you you call up john taffer's company and you're like hey we need you to come in and like do a consulting because essentially he's a he's just a consultant yeah. with camera crew do they pay him for I don't, this i don't think so because the the general thing is that they're always so much in debt well sure. so well, marshall lynch wasn't in that scenario i mean he was in a scenario where that business was in debt but obviously he has money still so sure. i mean you're talking about people who are four hundred thousand dollars in debt and all of their personal wealth is in this business anyway so i don't see how they could even pay them one more thing about the recon yeah they always order a drink the drink is always too sugary not made right doesn't have the right color oh there's there's things floating in my glass and then if there is a kitchen they'll always order food Mm -hmm. and they'll always get like a shareable usually and then maybe like something they'll ask like the waitress like what's popular and they'll get that and so they'll show the kitchen during this time and yeah. this is a this is the one of the biggest staples of the show they'll show the cook and nine times out of ten it's like a schlubby guy who's like not really a cook he's, he's a line cook yeah he's not like a chef he's yeah. a line cook but he's like the only guy back there and he he grabs chicken he throws it in the fryer and then john taffer goes he just touched rock chicken He's not going to wash his hands. And then he doesn't wash his hands, and then he touches some other things, and he's like, Rock chicken is everywhere! And then he's like, I can't let this happen. And he does his, like, then <laughs> he gets out of the car, and he, he Where stomp. he storms in with the, under the illusion of, like, a health issue. Yeah, and he storms in, and then, like, he goes to his recon people, and he goes, I can't let you eat that. It is covered in raw chicken the thing and it's the, always raw chicken the thing in the in the in the episode i watched was not that which is funny because in fact it looked like probably they were handling oh they couldn't there wasn't chicken in the they they were like somebody ordered hey like i know it's not on the menu but can i just get like a salad with chicken on yeah. it and they didn't have chicken in the back and they didn't have salad in the back <laughs> which I mean, that should tell you what, like, part of the issue. But but what's funny is, so they didn't have that health code violation. So the thing that makes him run in, it's funny you mentioned that, is 
Dante jumps up on the bar Mm -hmm. and his butt touches the bar. Yeah, something has to push him over the edge that he has to come in and stop this. And his famous line is, shut it down. Yeah. And he shuts it down for the night. No more. I can't I can't let anybody experience this. This bar is out of control. And so it's then he's like, You 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 put your ass on the bar. (laughs) I can't believe that. And then like as Dante's freestyling, he makes a some like a Allegedly makes this pretty crude remark to some of the female mm-hmm. bar patrons. It's ladies' night. He says something, you know, about you fill in the blank yourself. <laughs> and it's funny how much for the rest of the episode they're like, and you were in here telling people to suck your beard, and they like keep. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, yeah, yeah. If you then uh, then I uh, you know you were listening to the wrong podcast. Like your tastes are too. Yeah, so you're a child, and maybe this isn't the show for you. So anyway, there's three stages. The recon stage is the yeah. first one. He finally storms in. He confronts people. He gets into it with a bartender or an owner. Yeah, and then he picks out the thing that was the worst. Yeah, a lot of time it's the kitchen is not sanitary. Mm-hmm. He'll go in there and they'll go, "What's the date on this?" And there'll be no date, and he's like, "It's probably expired." And he'll dump it on the floor, and he'll just he'll just tear apart the kitchen that's already a mess. Right. He's, he's like. This this kitchen better be spotless by the time I come in tomorrow, or I'm not saving your bar. And then he storms out and he hits another potato chip or something on the way out. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, there wasn't quite that kind of tension because he was pretty chummy with Marshawn. Yeah, uh, but it was, and you have to kind of give credit. Like in this case, there really isn't a whole lot of health. Co- it's the amount in this episode is the amount of money they're losing. Mm-hmm. So in this, uh, par- a bartender is the program they use. Is yeah. that like a thing that is a frequent flyer on the show? That one, and then bartender might be the one that he's invested in. There were, there's been two of them, and there's one that that did the same thing, and then there's a new one that he uses now in newer gotcha. episodes that he's an investor gotcha. in. And for for those out there listening, bartender, the idea is they come in, they weigh all the liquor bottles, and they like put the price per ounce or whatever, mm. and then they come back in a couple of days and they measure them again, they weigh them again, mm. and they say what. If the, for the alcohol that's been poured out, what they should have made in alcohol sales, and then what they do make in alcohol sales, yeah. I can't imagine there's ever an episode where they bring up bartender and there isn't some sort of pretty large deficit. No, yeah, I've never seen them be like they actually, actually they actually aren't overpouring. So that's but yeah, overpouring is a huge one that he gets mad at. Um, and in this case, it was like sixty forty, well, like more alcohol not being sold. It's always than sold. so inflated because it doesn't like fully like I always get like a little kick out of that because. It's not exactly the money they're losing. It's the money they could be making. Sure. The bottle, you know, it's 90% markup, which well, is still It is what they're losing if they're pouring out that liquor and it's not getting paid for. Yeah. And then the the big thing is, you know, that, well, they pour heavy drinks to get better tips and they, they don't get hurt by it. And now they're pouring all your money down the drain. Well, and then, yeah, or drinking it or giving mm-hmm. away free drinks or, yeah. yeah. So, um, which also, are the bars usually super understaffed? Because this bar looked very understaffed. Like, there just could not have been enough people to handle the crowd they were getting. I think they pick, you know, the owners and the kitchen staff. And I think they pick a, a smaller amount of the staff gotcha. just to make it easier to understand all the characters. Okay. Um, and then they focus on, like, you know, two bartenders, a person in the kitchen, and then the owners generally. Because that was the thing for me when I was watching. I was like, yeah, no wonder they're not doing a good job and they're overwhelmed. There aren't enough people working <laughs> in this bar. They're showing like a f- fairly decent crowd and there's not nearly enough people working. Which brings you to the second day. Yeah. The second phase. Yes, that's always there, the stress test. Mm-hmm. So they do a little training in the morning, which is more like uh, 
the kitchen staff's usually pretty good. He shows them how to make, like, here's a signature dish we're going to try to make sure. tonight. That you wash this. your hands, don't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that and kind then of he's stuff. like, look, this can be really simple. You can make this fast. We can get it out fast. It'll be, it'll be great. And then the bartender one is usually the mixologist making fun of the bartenders because they're just, like, not swanky enough. Yeah, they, they, always, just, they it, just don't know what they're doing. They're like, like, she's like, nope, that's a five count, and she'll take it, and they'll, she'll pour out the drink and make them make it again. So it's not always um, man bun and blue spiky hair guy? No. Okay. I'm assuming there's like a rotating cast yes. of... Um, depending on what he thinks the, the food should be changed into, sure. or the mixology one... I don't know. It seems kind of random. Like the bartenders can come up with signature drinks for whatever concept they're coming up with. I sure. think that and one's I, more random. Yeah, it kind of seemed to me too. Like the 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 chef he brought in seemed to like fit the concept fairly well. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, sort of trying to elevate it and make it seem fancier. But the mixologist to me just kind of seemed like like not a good fit. Which you got to kind of look at what kind of like what the bar is and like what yeah. that I, I don't know it just didn't seem like as good of a fit to well, me well and then but. the mixology one's also more complicated because there's usually a brand tie-in if yes so they'll make a cocktail that goes this is Tomba the tequila. Like, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> this is the captain and cola and it's like two parts captain vanilla and cola <laughs> and it's okay sure and then because they don't show any labels of any alcohol. Except. But when they do, you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed that one immediately. And and then, of course, like, then during the stress test, everyone is ordering the branded drink. Everyone is ordering the branded drink. Like, or, or it's part of their order. Like, mm-hmm. I need these three drinks, and one of them is a Tomba and soda or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so. they're, yeah. I, obviously, the people, they get to the stress test, which that's something I've never been able to. I haven't looked into it too hard, but I've never been able to figure out how they get people to come to the stress test because they get like a hundred people right and i'm guessing it's the chance to get on tv is the main reason free food and drinks presumably probably yeah probably but they always bring up has anybody paid like because they always bring up like people doing a poor job of grabbing money so i don't know if they're given he he said something about tickets so i'm Mm -hmm. guessing that either you're given a ticket or you buy a ticket and that that's how you're paying but I feel like that's usually just the... Maybe not. That's usually just the tickets for like the food, I feel like. Yeah. Because there's definitely episodes where there's cash exchange. Okay. Um, but, so I don't know how they come up with the stress test, uh, how they get that big of a group of people, but they, they always do. And every once in a while, it goes well. Yeah. It doesn't always go poorly, because sometimes... Sometimes it's just good bartenders who are just being lazy because they've been able to get away with it. And then, right. like, as they go through the stress test, they're like, oh, actually. I can do this. This guy. Yeah. Or they realize they realize that either the guy's a bartender or, yeah, sometimes the bartender themselves like is like, oh, I'm actually not bad at this. Yeah. If I just quit screwing around, like, I can actually do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I felt like, again, to use my one lone example. That's kind of the situation there. I felt like their stress test went pretty well. There was like a bottleneck in the kitchen mm-hmm. because like they, because of course, when you teach us some like line cooks, a new dish, the day of them serving it and they <laughs> yeah. haven't figured out how to like mass do the larger quantities of it yet. Like, yes, they are going to have a harder time making, they have to make eight, but they're only focusing on two because and... they are just learning it for the first time. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, no, I, I thought in this case and of course that's where it starts getting more chummy i did laugh at the moment where dante puts on uh john's purple coat and mm-hmm. starts doing the rick flair like <laughs> that was a doing good, the, yeah, the style and profiling it's very good I had about they that. also do some little gimmicks sometimes for them so i'm trying to think like sometimes they'll put a big bucket behind the bar and anytime a bartender messes up a drink they'll pour to like the drink see the, how much yeah, later like, this on. is how much you're throwing away there was one where it was like silver dollars and like 
it must have been in Texas or something, and it was like the Silver Dollar Saloon, or I don't know. But he had like five Silver Dollars, and he's like, every time somebody messes up, I'm going to take one of these off the table. And if all of them are off the table, I'm shutting you, it down. you fail. Yeah. <laughs> so then he generally shuts it down at the end of the stress test because they fail. But sometimes, like we said, they do. Yeah. They do a good enough job, and he goes, well, I think we've learned what we need to learn here. Let's... Let's close things up just at more of a normal time. It's not like a, a drastic, shut it down. Yeah. And um, they'll, they'll do that. So that's where, like, there definitely is, like, some reality to it. Because sure. they do, the stress test, I think the stress test is the most real yeah. aspect of the show. Well, that and that would make sense that they would, like, that's where you actually need to put some things to the test. Because, uh, again, whether it's, like, reality, semi-reality, at the end of the day, there is a bar owner who wants their business to succeed. <laughs> yeah. So they have to do something that's real. <laughs> they can't make it all well, And that's where, yeah, that's where the stress test, where they learn a lot of the actual deficiencies that, mm-hmm. you know, one day of going in there and seeing the... Goofy B-roll yeah, footage oh, or whatever. he's drunk, so don't do that. And it's like, yeah, but... What else? So during the stress test, they actually figure out what systems aren't working, what Mm -hmm. systems need to be installed for the remodel, and what bartenders are good or need additional training. Or sometimes they just get, some bartenders just get so fed up with the stress test, they get into a big argument and they like quit right there. Sure. Well, and that was, I think, one of the big the big uh, points of contention in the episode that I watched and where having, like, employing your family would be an issue Mm -hmm. because they're not probably going to, not going to fire them. Like, yeah. <laughs> in in a lot of situations, if you have an employee who really was that bad at their job, you could fire them. You'll have episodes, too, where friends or family have been fired and rehired four times before John even gets there. Sure. And they'll quit that night and then be back Come the back. next day. And that's, of course, heartwarming when it's like, we, re- we reconciled and now we're back. That's another thing he does. So that's in the... This is kind of step two and a half. Yeah. Um, where he starts to talk about... After the stress test, they start to talk about the remodel. Mm-hmm. And then he... He claims to come up with this great concept that night, and he rolls out a blueprint, and they're like, I think we're going to. And he just circles things with a big black marker. like, <laughs> And it's like, you definitely didn't draw this blueprint. Maybe no. maybe you came up with the concept, but I don't think he's the one who actually fleshes it out, but he pretends to. Nor did he did it, do it that night, like on the yeah. fly. That's not how blueprints work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they close up shop, and they, he, roll, he rolls out the blueprint, and then it's closed for like five days or something. And yeah. They, they do some additional training and they they start to they start to do all the renovations which is where i think a lot of the show is paid for which we'll get to at the end uh and then in that part the reason i jumped to it was because you were talking about reconciliation mm-hmm. and he he likes to do that he likes to be the the guy who brings the two sides together he's figures done out bad a cop now he's doing good cop yeah and he's like why, why would you why do you feel that you're not supported? And then, like, the guy will be like, because my dad doesn't let me run the bar, and I know I can do it, and he's failing, and I should be. And then they, like, so there's, like, a heart-to-heart. There was one episode where he's like, he's like, you guys work together, but you said you haven't had a meal together in, in five years, so I, I bought you a meal. And they bring in, like, I remember this. They brought in, like, a pizza, a thing of pasta. Like, they way too much food for two people. Sure. But I just thought that was an odd detail of it. But, yeah, so, you know, he plays, like, oh, you know, he's he's a mediator, and he can do this part, yeah. too. And that's definitely been added into the show more as it's gone on, I think, just to give him a better image. I will say this. To to John Taffer's credit, he's not all out loudmouth. I think he is like actually. I, one, I think he does know what he's talking about mm-hmm. when it comes to bars. Two, the show does some good things. They'll go to um, 
They went and fixed up a bar in Puerto Rico after the hurricane. They've done that uh, after Hurricane Sandy. There was mm-hmm. an episode for that. The places where there's been a tornado or flooding, they'll go and they'll basically renovate a bar that's just completely shut down. So it's, you know, obviously it's still promotion for the show and everything, but it still seems like a nice thing to do. Yeah. He doesn't have to do that. I, I got the impression, and maybe this has changed in the later seasons of the show, but I've gotten the impression that um, the, the yelling guy is the put on. That he very much puts on this like big blowhard mm-hmm. character because it's what folks expect. Yeah, and that the the him coming in and like being a reasonable businessman is probably more actually his style. Yeah, I think once he gets past the that first night and it, you know they probably have meetings too where he realizes oh maybe this person actually could be a good owner of a sure. bar and he's like well I'll help him because that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, no, like I said that t- it almost. Again, and I don't know if this is because it was like somebody that he seemed pretty buddy buddy with Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. or like because it was Marshawn Lynch, and Marshawn has a reputation of sometimes like saying or doing things that are a little yeah. bit more outlandish. That he didn't like the 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 big blowhard seemed very much like a put on act for this one mm-hmm. as opposed to. Well, there was no raw chicken for him to get mad at, which what? is shut it down. The number one thing he gets mad at, and which. I, we had this discussion yeah. once at work because I I don't know why it must have been something was being recalled and I was like what is salmonella like what kind of sickness is it and you were like well it can be dangerous for young people or the elderly but for the most part a healthy adult will just like get a little sick and I was like I, I they always make such a big deal and I thought about this show I was like he always makes such a big deal about it and it's just like people would probably get the runs because it's also like <laughs> the, the run it's all, it, it's like the guy <laughs> makes the food and then like it comes out like you know 20 minutes later and he's what? so freaking out because he touched raw chicken once the issue is not the the dish that the like food that comes out the yeah. issue is the, everything that the raw stuff touched that is now like the plate that the food is being served yeah. on wasn't cooked. Because, yeah, that's the cross contamination isn't about the chicken that you then cook. It's about everything you don't cook that gets yeah. passed around. Um, I'm not trying to say don't wash your hands if you work in a kitchen. No, but. point being is that salmonella isn't like uh, salmonella is definitely more dangerous for people who already have compromised immune mm-hmm. systems and can kill them. But for most of us, it would just lead to you not feeling very good. And, and raw chicken is certainly the worst offender because poultry are gross. Yeah. That's why eggs are also. Uh, well, but anyway. I've worked in a rest. I've worked in two restaurants. Yeah. And anybody else who has knows that there's some shady stuff that goes on in kitchens that health codes that are definitely violated. Oh, yeah. All the time. No, I'm not. That doesn't surprise me a bit. I'm and I'm. You know, I, I would be surprised if most bars that the raw chicken or whatever, when you have like a bar and grill situation, that mm. doesn't surprise me a bit. Yeah. Because so. he'll freak out. So, you know, he'll, the guy will drop chicken in the fryer and then he'll like wipe it on his rag. Uh, and then he's like, now that rag is contaminated. And then he'll touch the counter and he's like, that counter is contaminated. He's touching a salad. <laughs> so, but yeah, he, John Taffer, if he is coming to your bar, do not touch raw chicken and if you do wash your hands or pull right it, after. put a new glove on or whatever yeah <laughs> but again in the episode i watched which that makes me laugh like internally a whole lot that they couldn't even do that gig because they were out of chicken and they were out of <laughs> salad greens she, yeah she he probably told her to order chicken that's probably they probably well, aim for chicken most of the time and one of the things that they showed at the beginning of the episode was like one of these ants who's running the bar uh-huh. is having some health problems and and one of them is that she 
if they don't if their food shipments don't come in she goes out and she buys the groceries and lifts these like 50 and 60 pound things of and that like she's been in the hospital her back's like killing her all this stuff so it's funny funny it's funny when they get to the point where he like try to order that and it's like well no we don't have chicken (laughs) we don't have salad greens you what you don't have chicken you don't have salad greens (laughs) yeah anyway that's Uh, very good another common one he gets mad at is uh They'll go in and they'll order like a margarita mm-hmm. and they don't know how to make it. Like and, a common drink. Yeah. And they're like, that's the margarita's the most popular drink in America. How do you not know how to make that? And it, it is funny to sometimes see the, the, well, there was one bartender I remember in an episode where she was like, she's like, I don't know how to make these crazy drinks. And it was things like that, like a margarita or an old fashioned. And she's like, I'm more like a Jack and Coke type bartender <laughs> like what just mixing two things in a I, cup <laughs> i had to laugh because the the example of that in this episode was the 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 like fancy mixologist gave crap to one of the bartenders because they made a sidecar and added one extra ingredient which first of all sidecar is like one of those medium popularity drinks that you might have heard of but have no idea what's in it yeah and it's funny he's like man i add this one other ingredient because i think our sidecars are better <laughs> no that's wrong the most recent episode i watched they a guy ordered an old-fashioned and they said we don't make old-fashioned like making something like an old-fashioned which is like okay and then he got it and he's like that's nothing like an old-fashioned and then they tried to order a uh what's it called a Sazerac. Yeah, yeah. Because they were near New Orleans, and they were like, we don't have the ingredients for that, which probably if you're near New Orleans, Yeah, you that should. would be a drink that you would want But wanna. if you go into a bar in Ohio, I don't think ordering a Sazerac is something you totally expect them to have all the ingredients for. I mean, I think that it, they probably have the ingredients, if, if I'm thinking correctly about what a Sazerac is, but like... You might not know what it is, yeah. and if you just don't care, like, <laughs> can I just make you like a rum and coke instead? Yeah, can I just make that'll you? Work. <laughs> no, I'd like a gimlet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give me a sidecar. Uh, I like a gimlet though. Oh, I love a gimlet. It's, yeah. like, it's a refreshing summer drink. Made gimlets, not that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay, so we've gone through the the recon. We've gone through the stress test. We've gone to the like between stress tests it's phase 2.5 mm-hmm. where they like start making nice with each other talking about what's going to be exciting yeah so the the crew in this episode it looks like they're brought in, in like a limo bus like maybe they went out and had dinner together or something because they're always wearing nicer clothes right. when they come to for the reveal the mm-hmm. move they don't actually they just have to make them turn around but it's the move that bus moment right exactly and then uh and then they take them inside and they show it off and then and then it's to work get right to work yeah that's then they're in different then they're back in work clothes Mm -hmm. except for sometimes like the manager the owner will stay in nice clothes but yeah and then yeah it's just like hey there's like another it's like it's not quite as crowded as the stress test but it's probably two-thirds of the crowd they have a big i mean yeah Yeah. it seems like they have a big line like they've announced like we're doing a grand reopening or whatever the best is when the owner comes out and they're like welcome to and they have to like look behind them to remember (laughs) what their bar is called now because they just learned it five minutes ago (laughs) um the remodels always look great on the inside because that's where he most that's where they get all their sponsorship dollars. Sure. You know, all well, the, and they kind of have more free reign on the inside of the yeah. building than they can't do a ton to the outside a lot of the time. Well, and they're they're at such a stretch for time that I feel like intricate lighting is always such a that's something you can't really do fast. You can do the sure. you can do the paint where you can paint it and make it look really fancy or you can just do letters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always something I feel like especially if the people had like a kind of a cool concept or kind of a cool sign i feel that's like kind of sucks for the owner when he just replaces it it's generally a very generic 
sure. sign on the outside. But the inside, they do a very good job with. Yeah, and I, and I, I, there was a moment. So again, we we talked about the fact that like in the episode I watched, Marshawn named the bar after his friend who was killed, mm-hmm. like pretty dramatically. It sounds yeah. like because Marshawn didn't even want to talk about it. He was like, ah, that's a that's still a touchy subject. And so the bar is named Rob Benz. And when they're like finishing the stress test, uh, John says, "And see this, see these awnings. I'm gonna take them down." It's like where the gu- the guy's name and Marshawn looks like he's about to break John Taffer in half. <laughs> yeah. And John's like, "But I'm gonna put, I'm gonna make it bigger. I'm gonna feature <laughs> it better. Are we cool?" <laughs> Marshawn's like, "Yeah, we're cool." But it's <laughs> like a moment yeah. where it's like, "Oh, he's gonna lose his mind right now. <laughs> it's gonna be great." And there are some uh, owners who for. You know, that's obviously like a good reason for Marshawn Lynch to feel connected to that. Sure. But there are some owners who are just so connected to their stupid concepts. There's like a, there's been a pirate bar. There's been a, like a, a horror themed bar. There's, sure. there's weird concepts that he comes in and the people are just so adamant. And he's like, you're not making any money with this really niche theme. It's not working. Um, there was one in, uh, uh, Sacramento in the, like their downtown like touristy yeah, area, yeah. and the guy was just trying to have like a normal. That was a T Pain episode actually. the The guy was just trying to have like a normal general sports bar with all of his like just basically all of his sports memorabilia. Yeah. It wasn't even that Sacramento like specific. And he's like, "Why do you have a generic sports bar in a, a hundred year old building in the tourist area of Sacramento?" Like, yeah, play like, up in the building was like supposedly haunted too and he's like play into those things right like, don't th- try to fight so hard against them yeah just because you want to own a sports bar well you don't you didn't buy a location where a sports bar would work so right you have to you know that so he gets so, and that's sometimes where if you're paying attention there's like it's kind of educational sure there's definitely things that i've learned from the show not that i think i could open up a bar but if i was in if I was still like working in a restaurant, there'd be things that like I would think like, huh, maybe this like could work or sure. like the the thing you know the the principles he's teaching at yeah. least. And and as we mentioned, there's like all of the the merch tie-ins or like the sponsor tie-ins, which are one very obvious when they're being presented, and two, I had to laugh at the end of the episode when it's like special thanks to, and you know how normally they would just like list it, yeah. and it would be there for three five three to five seconds. Now you the audience would read it in your brain now he reads them all out loud in sequence like giving a dramatic pause in between each of them which i thought was very funny i laughed very hard at that and there's now he's also got his like uh taffer virtual training tvt that he installed so you have a year supply to taffer virtual and i've given you a lifetime a lifetime you just log in and you can do all of your training right here on this tablet and he like presents it to the camera (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, so yeah so that's the rundown i mean I'm assuming every episode is is exactly like that. Basically like that. There's uh, I've seen I think two of these, but there's been three where he's just walked out. I was gonna so I wanted to kind of ask you to let's talk about like superlatives, best ofs or worst ofs. Mm. So there are some where he's just like yeah. I'm done. Not very many, but yeah, there have been three instances where like he just can't get along with these people. They're too stubborn. They're like not letting him do any of the things he's trying to do, and he's just like fine. If you don't want my help, yeah, then you, I'll just leave. Do you happen to have that information in front of you? Because I would be curious. Or is that just from your recollection? I know one of them is the O-Face bar. 
I don't remember the other two. Okay. Off yeah, the top that would of my be. Head. I can see why that one would be memorable. Because I remember, and it's they still get to a full episode length. They sure they find enough. It actually probably has more content because of how uh, combative the two groups sure. are. Sure. Uh, so yeah, three instances of that. I was looking this up. Roughly through the midpoint of season six, roughly seventy-four of the one hundred and sixty-six featured bars are either closed or sold. Yeah. I was that was one of my follow up questions. Like how how long term is the success here? And it sounds like I mean, isn't isn't the, the success rate for bars and restaurants like fifty percent over two years? Yeah, and then, so you could see where if especially if it was kind of a newish bar, like that might be they were gonna close anyway. Yeah, and it's tricky, yeah. Like they, they do better after the remodel, but, but the guy well is still half to, a million dollars in debt. Right. He's not, you know, oh, sales are up 20%. Well, he needs sales to be up 200% right. because he's that far in the hole. Um, but I think at least when they sell it, they probably make back some money because it's, it's a better it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's got a better like a good reputation now. now or whatever. Yeah. And if you keep the branding, you could even like Say. do a tie in like this bar was on Bar Rescue, even yeah. though it's under new management. But yeah, so Bar Rescue might not be the correct <laughs> title. It's more like bar, bar remodel and maybe work. Bar ICU, like <laughs> bar first aid. Um, what are what are uh, one? Have you ever been to a bar rescue bar? No, like, cause, but cause I have are, wanted to because there are some that were in Ohio. I didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to watch any of those, but there are some that have been closer. Or I mean, not that you would have to go to one in Ohio, but that's where we are. Yeah. Um, do you have one in mind? Do you no, know of any? there's because I think the ones in Ohio have been like biker bars and stuff like that so not quite where you don't feel like that's really your milieu yeah um <laughs> so no i don't have any like fully in mind i mean it, it's it's really hard because there's so many episodes to like recollect things off the top of my head now that i think about it it's just like things pop into my head or yeah. like it it's it, because they're so formulaic too sometimes it, you get like 10 minutes into an episode before you realize that you've seen this one before <laughs> sure and that's happened to me plenty of times and sometimes i'll just finish it but yeah. other times i'll be like oh i've seen this one and i'll i'll switch to a different one uh but i would like to go to a bar a rescued bar sometime yeah now you alluded to this earlier and i wanted to kind of let's dig into your psyche for a second are you interested in this because you think you would like to own a bar? And so you feel like like maybe you're prepping for some of the pitfalls that would come with owner, owning a bar? Like, is that a dream job for you? I, well, like I said, I've worked in a restaurant and a bar, and I don't think I would like to own it. But it there does feel, after you watch enough of this show, there's a feeling that you could own a bar and i like that <laughs> i like i like thinking it, it's one of those things where you know you watch it and you're like well why are they doing that i could i could handle this it, it reminds me of uh like sort of like game shows but especially like um like team athletic type game shows sure. where you're watching them go through an obstacle course or something like that and you're like what an idiot why is he doing that and you're just sitting there on the couch yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i think no i think game show is a good like uh jeopardy or wheel of fortune or yeah. one of those or maybe not as much wheel of fortune but jeopardy everyone's like oh yeah i'd be great on jeopardy <laughs> and it's like but actually that's super hard right <laughs> yeah you, you watch an episode of jeopardy and you get four questions right and that would even be if you could have buzzed in yeah first on that question yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I, I like this con- the concept that it's like, no, I don't really want to own a bar, but I feel like I could do it <laughs> and if I, I, wa- I want to. And I like that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you know, 
this is I, I will say that while it's not a show that I think I would watch a ton of um I definitely was more interested in it than I thought I'd be going into yeah. I do think it's more compelling though like it's even though it's formulaic and even though like it's more um seemed a little bit more human even the moment and also the moments that were fake that seemed fake they pretty much let you know like we set that up a little bit yeah and it, it seems like um more just like random people try to open up a bar so you feel a lot of the people even on those like restaurant rescue shows are like restaurant tours still right so they, you know, this is just a restaurant. They they've owned restaurants before, and they're they're trying. And there are some and it bar feels more like a publicity stunt in a yeah. lot of ways. But there, I mean, and like the usually the the chefs are like actual chefs. Where like that's another thing. Sometimes they they do really cool episodes where like a guy is that like just line cook who really doesn't know what he's doing. They train him. He works really hard, and then at the end of the episode, they like give him a chef's coat, mm-hmm. and like that makes you feel good. That's a nice yeah. little you know because you watch the episode and that guy like he's not bad at his job. He was just undertrained, right? And he was he had bad management behind him, and he was doing what he knew how to do with what he had, had in front right. of him. Now we we talked a little bit about uh, before we started recording that, um, which I didn't even know this. This okay, so Spike TV, and I think probably most people remember Spike TV, yeah, became the Paramount Network, which was interesting to me because I didn't know that. I just assumed that Paramount for some reason thought it could like handle an entire television network. <laughs> yeah. And so when that when I heard about Paramount Network being a thing, I was like, who would pay for that? Um, so yeah, I think Spike was already wrapped into so many cable packages that right. they just rebranded it and hope. So basically they show Paramount movies, mm-hmm. they have that show Yellowstone, mm-hmm. and they have Bar Rescue. Well, and, that, <laughs> and so you said Bar Rescue is like one of the few shows that has carried over. Yeah. Is it, um, the, is it the only one? Or is it just like one of... I mean, I mean I'd, have to, like, I'd have to go through their whole catalog to be sure, but it seems like it. Yeah. I mean, definitely gone are like A Thousand Ways to Die. Uh, what was the... Not not American Ninja Warrior. There was like a a versus show where they'd be like, who would win between a samurai? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And like the KGB, and they you know they take like <laughs> random types of soldiers or warriors or stuff like that. Um, and then well, there was course. also Mansers. Do you remember Mansers? <laughs> oh God, Adam Carolla? No, that's the man's show. Well, no, I thought it was a okay, yeah. No, I don't remember Mansers. Mansers was a show where they would where they would pose stupid idiotic questions and then show basically like B-roll of like girls in bikinis and beer and <laughs> like guys at a sporting event and just answer them and it, it and like it would all it would be very like not in depth. They'd be like, "What country has the most sex?" And then yeah, they'd show like girls with like pictures of beer and then they'd be like, "Spain." <laughs> So, like, okay. so the man show plus like candid camera, <laughs> but but dumb, yeah, and then but they, like very dumb. And they sometimes they bring on like an expert to explain it, and it would just be like clearly a, an actor who's pretending. You know, it'd be like this like really handsome guy that yeah. they just threw a lab coat on. No, I don't remember that show. So I, and you I know what? I'm glad that I didn't waste any of my mental bandwidth on that show. <laughs> I think it's a good thing that most of Spike's programming is gone. Yeah. But I do like Bar Rescue, and I'm glad that has been a holdover. Well, good. So uh, Bar Rescue, you can find it on the Paramount Network. Not that they need our publicity. Um, but you know, go out. Give it a try. Like I said, I didn't expect to really enjoy it, and I was like, "All right, this is serviceable. I could, I could sit down and check this out." It's a, it's a, you know, on the, especially if you're like streaming on the network, it's just like a nice little forty minute. There's no stakes to it. You can, you can literally pick any episode, and you, you'll know where you're at. There's, yeah. you don't need to know anything about the show. Yeah, cool. 
let us know what reality shows you're into. Maybe the two of us watch a show we've never watched before and give our impressions of it. Uh, you know, you can you can suggest those things to us by finding us on Twitter. We are uh, nerdasoc. That's at n e r d underscore a s s o c. You can email us nerdasoc at gmail and, and again, let us know ideas for things you'd like to hear us talk about, or maybe you can even be one of our nerds. We'd be happy to zoom you in or whatever. Right now, uh, yeah, you'll hear from us next week. Shut it down. Yeah.